1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Hey, I I canceled
0: all my um, summer plans. I was going to go and see all the roller coasters and take Ben all around. And then the Pirates are the best roller coaster around. So we're just
1: going (laughs) to stay and watch them. Absolutely. I mean, and the Pirates have me so spooked. I'm up here in Milwaukee for no earthly reason. You had to get uh, out of town. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm up here for a wedding, but uh, hopefully I'll throw some voodoo towards the Brewers for their uh, Royal Series that kicks off tomorrow so they can stay behind the Pirates for first place in the division a little bit longer. Um, I think, Jim, that's what we got to start with here. This team is probably not as good as they looked at the beginning of the season. And they're probably not anywhere near as bad as they look right now. I think they're capable of both of those things, but this team probably realistically falls somewhere in between.
0: it it. Gary, you know we've been pirate fans for a long time. Yeah, uh, as 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 evidenced by our age at this point. But I'm trying to think back because the Pirates have had some years where, like, they've had some like really good stretches and really bad stretches. Have you ever seen anything quite like this though, where like they, they they statistically? Like it was crazy how good they were, they were, and now statistically, it's crazy how bad, bad yeah. and it was. Like, good everywhere, now it's bad almost everywhere, and not a little
1: good and a little bad, like huge, huge extremes. Yeah, it. I mean, the offense to, to, to go what nine games, I think, without scoring more than two runs. <laughs> I mean, and you just. The juxtapose with the way that the season began, it's it's incredible. You know, it's not as though there's a, a, a point where, that you can point to like, uh, oh, my God, yeah, look at the difference after Cruz was out. Well, they did a lot of that without Cruz. It, it that, that almost became an afterthought. Yeah, Mark- you can't go, oh, well, this would be a lot different if Choi was here. I don't know about that. I mean, Choi kind of barely got his feet wet. And While I think he could help now, I don't think that would have changed what we're seeing right now. The pitching was always going to return to the mean a little bit, Jim. I mean... It's impossible to think that they were just going to keep throwing out quality start after oh. <laughs> quality start for the rest of the season. I mean,
0: it was, they were on such a insane, what are they going to have? 120 quality starts <laughs> in a year. Yeah, right. Just redefine the pitching. And Gary, the thing about it is, is like that two two runs or less, nine game stretch. They mentioned this on the broadcast. That had only ever been matched organizationally one other time. in in the Pirates history and that was in in 1988 so like (laughs) when you're looking at this from like a big
1: you know historical perspective it was that rough I think they said nobody in the game had done it since the Detroit Tigers of like 95 or something yeah so I mean like it's not like it's something that happens all the time but I, I gotta say like I think a lot of this was expected. It's just what you never expect, Jim. And this is why you play the games. You can never expect everyone on the team to get hot together and everyone on the team to get cold together. I mean, maybe, maybe they're vibing a little too much.
0: <laughs> Dude, you know, like... Um It's it's just so crazy when you think about like I thought of this today. We're just trying to make sense of all this, and you're you're talking about this this for the Pirates fan base. This has almost been like torturous, right? Because everybody wanted such a good start. We got it. We got a great start, but then things fell apart in the last 10 games and i'm almost wondering if it was more of a curse than a blessing just in the sense of like people got so so high (laughs) so high so fast and um it let's be honest if they were like 17 like they're what 21 and 17 if they were like 17 and 21 and had just been playing like this you know, the, the numbers all averaged out to, I think
1: people would have been happy with that <laughs> or encouraged. Look at Yark. Are you implying their cycles are synced oh, up? <laughs> See, that's why, that's why we can't have Yark on everyone's <laughs> more than everyone's while because we never we know. Can't, we can't have Yark on because we're, we're constantly live streaming while he's driving, driving home frantically from work. Yeah. Um, but do you know what I'm no. saying? Like, had had things just been even keel,
0: and they were like three, four games around 500 under, I don't think we would be dealing with th- the massive swings in emotion. Which I get. I'm just saying, like, it probably looks and
1: feels different. It does look and feel different. But let me say, let me just say this, Jim. I think it should look and feel different for management as well because whatever you expected coming into this season you know you probably i don't think they're stupid people for the most part i think they they probably believed that they had a uh a shot at 500 this year Mm -hmm. with what they put together and they were pretty optimistic about it if they were honest You know, if if you were to ask them as a reporter, of course, yeah, we want to be in the playoffs. That's what we're shooting for. Come on now. I think they probably thought they put together a 500 team. They got shocked by that, but that's such a fortuitous start. It's really hard to just let that slip away. So maybe what we should do, Jim, is take a break, brainstorm a little bit while this 30 second ad is playing and come back with some. Some ways that this team can actually solve this problem? Or do we just keep whining about it? Gary, we're problem solvers. Let's do it. We we have to at least try to be, don't (laughs) we? I mean, like, if not, what are we doing here? (laughs) All right, quick break. We're back to the Pirates fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh sports, Jim and Gary with you. And we've been talking about how the pirates have been a real Jekyll and Hyde team this year, you know, up and down. We've seen it all, I think. And just about everybody that could do something different than be good or be bad only has done it. They've had their wild swing. Few exceptions. David Bednar has been strong all year. Colin Holderman's been pretty strong all year. Mitch Keller's been strong all year. Brian Reynolds has been relatively strong all year. Uh, now I think you've seen just about everybody experience their ups and downs, right? Sure. So, here we sit. What could actually be done, Jim? I mean, we talk about a lot of the players and the minors, like Andy Rodriguez comes to mind. You know, there's a bat that could probably help you out. I don't necessarily think that having him down there for another month is gonna make him a a good catcher. (laughs) Right. You know. So I say just call him up, get the bat up here. I mean, I I understood wanting to get Josh Palacios up here and give him a shot. He's been destroying baseballs in triple A and double A. So you wanna you wanna see if it extends to the major leagues. Maybe you let that go for a week or so first. But if that experiment fails, get Indy up here right I think I think so
0: and I, I would hope that that's going to work itself out here pretty shortly um, you know when you talk when you talk about this pirate team right now, Gary like I think you can just see it like there's a difference between being a hunter and being hunted right and expectations are raised and how do you deal with that and respond to it? And I just think you're seeing a lot of guys pressing and like feeling that, that weight. It's fun for a while, but then when things start going wrong, then how do you respond to it? And they've, they've got a look, they've got veterans. They've also got a lot of guys that haven't been through that before.
1: too. Uh, I mean, I wrote about this a little bit uh, in the five thoughts this week on inside the Bucks basement if if the veterans get to a point where they're struggling themselves, Jim, that tends to be when that, that that help, that olive branch to the youngster tends to kind of fall to the back. Because when the veteran feels like he needs to help himself, that's when they kind of want to pull back. And then you start to see some of the cracks in the armor when all the vets go cold. Because now there's nobody giving that helping hand. There's nobody. We even saw Rich Hill kind of lose his mind getting pulled out of the game the other day. You know, which I got to say, I think was the right move by, by Derek Shelton. Rich I didn't agree. have it. And, you know, as much as you want to let the wily old veteran keep going, he went out and had a quick hook with him, and he knew that wasn't going to be an easy situation, an easy conversation. You know, and he knew he was doing it to one of the leaders, and I think that was important to show that there's no, there's no uh, stop sign when it comes to punishing anybody, or just yeah. taking taking the right baseball decision.
0: Yeah, Rich Rich Hill is never going to um, be thrilled when he gets taken out of a game. So um, I think you can expect that. Um, I don't think it meant anything, you know, between them. It was just heat of the moment. I Um, think he just
1: didn't have it and wanted to pull him out. That's all there is to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, but it goes back to your uh, original point, which is even when those guys are struggling, um, who are, who's everyone else looking around to? Um, They're, they're in their own little funks too. So um, yeah, it's just, and then, you know, I really, I really thought, man, with Luis Ortiz coming up, that was the game right there that I felt that they needed to have and keep, you know, they had just, they had just won the game with Keller or would have came up things imploded there in a couple innings. I thought he looked okay. Um, but it just, it things snowball on you so easily. Don't they?
1: I thought he looked okay too. I think he also, I think you see, you see what's there to love. But I think you also see what's there to work on, and I'm not saying he has to work on that at AAA. I'd be fine if they just decided to keep him up here for a while. But you you can see that there's just something not quite right about where he puts that two seam all the time, yeah. or where when to use that changeup. You know, if you're only comfortable throwing it in a zero and one count. <laughs> right, you maybe need to get comfortable with throwing it when you're up two one or down two one. Yeah, he he's not a finished product,
0: but he also can. I think at this point, sort that out at, at this level too. Like, I think there's
1: enough. Um, I think for me, Jim, that- I want him to stay up here through the Velasquez injury and recovery, and just get another start in the in the rotation. Let's see if. Potentially he looks like a guy they can ride for a minute while Oviedo potentially has to go down and do some workshopping. You know, I'm a little concerned about some of what I've seen with him. I think getting loose with the fastball and losing the slider bite a little bit, you know? Yeah. That's something that I think we could keep an eye on because when Vince comes back, I think he gets his spot back pretty quick. So yeah.
0: I, I think in, in it's funny because when we, we saw this team earlier, right, they were doing things where they were they were staying away. Pitching wise, they were staying away from uh, using the fastball. Right. And then they were aggressive on the base pads. And I think they caught a lot of teams off guard by what they were doing. Right. And then teams started saying, oh, OK, you're not going to throw your fastball half the time. Well, we're going to adjust to that. Yep. You guys are going to be aggressive on the base pads. Well, we're going to adjust to that. We're, we're, we're going to be ready for it. Um, and so now it's just like hitting, right? How do you respond to that? Just right. like a hitter when when teams start getting an idea of what you're doing. Um, and also, Gary, the other thing about all this is like there's just been enough injuries where you start to see them start to matter a little bit. Like it's just those cumulative
1: yeah. stuff. Right. Well, you've had to, at, least, at the very least, I, I kind of dismissed Choi already because, you know, he wasn't here all that long, but he, he probably would have kept Santana fresher. R- right. If, you if know? nothing else, and maybe even potentially catch there'd have been a few days where he would have DH for catch, you know, mm-hmm. and, and kept him off we, we noted it a couple of weeks ago here, Jim. It really felt like they had decided Kutch was all done in the field for a while. Um, boy, that, that seems a lot more real now. It's been a couple weeks. It does not seem like they are interested in moving him anywhere but DH at this point. If
0: they, yeah, if they can get away with it.
1: Yeah. So that's a thing
0: because, I mean. Well, you got guys like you got guys like Santana. Santana's thirty-seven, playing like he's twenty-seven. But if you keep running him out there like they're doing, and he keeps playing as hard as he's playing, which, by the way, I'm just Santana has just blown me away. But by, by, by what he is, but if you keep running him out there and letting him play like the, this all the time, he's going to look 47 by yeah. August. Dad, Dana that, agrees with you. Santana needs rest. And yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Like um, that, that stuff will catch up to them too. They don't really have a choice right now. And that's the unfortunate part about it. Right. Um, and I don't know how you get around that other than maybe, you know, hey, let's get in Andy
1: up here. Or let's take care of that. Um, no, no, you and I, we mentioned Andy already, and Doug here, you know, he, he kind of echoed what we said exactly. Being in first place May 11th should change the plan, especially with how bad St. Louis is performing. That's true. You know, you expect St. Louis and Milwaukee to duke it out for first place all year, and here you are. You're in good shape. <laughs> you know, halfway through May, you know, maybe it does change, but what does it change, Jim? Nobody's ready to trade anything of value right now. Even the bad teams aren't.
0: Yeah, there, there's like, I get what, I get what, uh, was that from Doug? Our buddy Doug guy.
1: didn't ask about the trade. I, I added that on. Oh,
0: no, no, no. Comment. Just a comment about you yeah, know, changing things. But
1: what it's does change a, look like? Yeah, Where's yeah. Like
0: when, when I hear that, I'm like, okay. And then I'm looking around, and you're just like, aside from maybe one more
1: guy right now, what are we really? What are you really changing? I guess I go around the diamond, and I I, I think people do this a lot. They go, "Well, Van DuHar could go. Yeah, sure he could. I I could care less if An DuHar goes. Well, Mercado could go. Okay." You're not going to get me with any of those guys. Mm-hmm. But, but most of what you, tr- what you truly want to trot out there five, six days a week, like your Reynolds and Sawinski and Castro, Hayes, Santana, Cutch, whatever you think of the catcher position, they're, they're there. You're not replacing any of them. You're talking like, fringe guys. That's
0: what I'm saying. Like, I I, I don't know what, what, what could be the change is, I guess would be my response. And for right now, Gary, they just have to get back to playing better, more sound fundamental baseball and getting some key hits in some situations like, like that's the change right now. As we sit here on may 11th, it's not, it's not going to come from anywhere else.
1: I I agree. The most part. That's why I think the best shot really to do something different right now would be to, to think of a guy like Andy right now and get him up here. Right. I don't think he's ready to help defensively, not behind the plate. I'm sorry. I don't. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard enough reports that I just I think there's things he really needs to work on yet. That doesn't mean he can't come up here and play it and learn it up here. But I don't I'm not plugging him back there five days a week. No. Right now, thinking that I'm helping this baseball team. That's all. Yeah. Bring him up by all means. The next target there is Henry Davis. I mean, even we've Dawn's been going off on it. I think it's it's definitely time to promote him, which is another reason to go ahead and get Andy up here. Right. But I don't know that I jump him over Endy right now. You know, one's already on the 40 man, it seems logical to just bring him up and have him get started. Let let Henry have what? couple months at least in triple a exactly what i would do and then if if he's still raking like that sure go ahead forget all the protocols do it bring him up find a place for him to play whatever you know but i don't know that i would do them both like boom boom i actually don't even know what that would do to the system i really don't you got a lot of pictures you're trying to develop and that's, that's the thing, like
0: people get very, and I get it, they're very focused on, hey, we're not winning now at the major league level. I don't care about all that stuff. But that's not how it's being viewed from an organizational perspective. That's just, I, and I get it, but it just doesn't work that way. Whether people like that or not, They just – they don't – and look, Henry Davis, he needs to catch. He needs to catch a lot. You can't have him and Endy sitting at triple-A splitting the catching duties. They need to catch as much as you possibly can. They're trying to get them ready to handle major league pitching staffs. If they want you to be a catcher.
1: Now, I say that because – I, it's not to me realistic that both of them are going to be catchers. So if they've already made a decision on Andy, then there's even less sense in like not bringing him up. But do that, but have they, I think Henry's made the decision for them. I don't believe he's going to come up here and sit happily, not being a catcher on this team. It's <laughs> what I he would wants agree to be. With that. And, uh, I mean, I, it's what he seems to tell just about everyone that interviews him too. He's only bringing one glove with him. He only brought one to spring. He's not doing it. You know, I, I think he's going to force that issue. So I, to I, me, I agree. Move on, you know, get Andy up here, throw him back there a couple of days a week, see how it goes. Keep three catchers for now. We're, there's no sense in having, you know, uh, an Andujar and a Palacios up here if you're not going to play them much. And they're not going to help when you play them anyway. Andy can play out there.
0: Yeah, if they're they're truly um, set long-term on Davis, sure. Um, At the catcher position. Um, Will we be having this discussion in two months? Will Andy be up here? I, I think he will be.
1: I think you will be too. I'm not even worried about like the, the super two thing or anything they already have the control aspect of it right over. So to me it's now it's just about it's about a silly piddly amount of money really. You know and you know the other side of this too is while, while I think Andy is the one that can help the most um, and the most ready right now, He's not exactly tearing the cover off the baseball. Is he? he's, he's not hitting like, he, He's has been okay. seven fifty-one OPS. They're both acceptable numbers and everything. And we and we've seen him tear it up all along. So I'm not questioning whether he's doing well or not, but I mean, if it's just which one of these guys that could potentially get caught up at some point this year is hitting better, you might lean Davis if you're trying to just infuse offense and that's all you care about, Mm, which with Davis, I mean, to me,
0: it's obvious. They just want him to learn that craft as much as possible.
1: I think, I think you're probably right. But I I also think like, is there really a harm in having him kind of learn that craft in the background and meanwhile hit because this team needs offense Sadly, they do. There's no yeah. doubt. It's really hard to, it's really hard to talk about these things and pretend that like that stuff doesn't matter because it does. And, and I know we, we you and I both, we like to protect the prospects a little bit as far as like, let's not, let's not get crazy about it, and call them right up. But, you know, they liked some stuff they saw from Jack at the plate specifically. And they called him up on an emergency basis, and they loved some things they saw about him at the plate, and they kept him there. What's why is that not the way you would treat your one-one pick? You know, if, if he's showing you that, oh, and he's still got a little work to do on defense. Are you gonna have that bat in your system for two years, learning how to be an awesome catcher? Or are you going to get him up here to let him be an okay catcher and learn? I think if
0: it's not rhetorical, um, I think the an- that you're seeing the answer. You know, I just don't think they're going to be in a rush with him. Um, and while I see this start this year as a as as a positive. I don't think it changes
1: what the pirates were gonna do. Um, should it to you? Because uh, to me, I think I think it should cause them to do some things, some little things. To me, like okay, let's get a bat up here. Let's get a guy up here instead of waiting. Let's make sure. Let's use the offense we have. Or hey, that guy's not ready to be a starter but I really think he could help in the bullpen right now. Let's get him up here. Do you know what I mean? Like you think about the 2023 team because they made you think about them. And I think it's too early in the season to try to make a trade, to try to force a baseball trade at this point in the season. I don't think there's enough teams that know they suck to do that. And the ones that do are already purposefully picked clean. So I just yep. don't see it until you get closer to like when most teams know what they're going to be.
0: Yeah. I think that in a perfect world, they would love to have have, have more time to figure it all out than May 11th. And that's, that's right. the problem. Um, I guess like you asked, should it matter? Probably I just think I've just convinced myself that they've looked at this year as if they happen to win, it would be a bonus. If they happen to be competitive, it'd be a bonus, but they're not going to change what they're doing overall with these guys. I just don't think they will. Is that is that fair or right? I guess I never asked myself that question because I just was convinced that that's what they're going to do.
1: Well, I mean, that is kind of the question I'm asking. I don't really care what the Pirates think they should do or are going to do. As fans, what do you you think they should do? I think it makes me go, "Eh, screw the Super 2 thing. Let's get Andy up here. He can help in the outfield he's the best bat in triple a right now yeah i think he's
0: the one right
1: yeah bring him up knee, here let's see what he can do and if he doesn't work out i mean send him back down and then you've tried at least right you could even send him to double a but you know that's you can you can <laughs> i mean but but davis is a little different because okay you got to add him to the 40 you started you're going to have to add him to the 40 anyway At some point.
0: Yeah. It sucks that Davis got hurt so much last year because I think this might, they might be a little more willing. Um,
1: It sucks, but it's also when you look back at like how quick he has already gotten to where he is, you're already looking at a weird situation. Like he, he would already be up if he had played all of last year and you said right now you think he's ready just looking at his game load, he's not even halfway to where Adley Rushman was Adley Rushman, the generational catcher pick one of the fastest ascensions from pick to making the league and starting at the catching position since Johnny bench. Yeah. So is Henry Davis that good? He was a one, one maybe, but (laughs) On this team, man, as scared as they are to put a catcher back there that they don't believe in defensively, it's it's a, it's a always going to be difficult for this team. When are they ever going to truly go, I trust that rookie? Right? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like, to me, if he's ready, he's ready. Let's get him up to AAA. Let's see what he can do while Andy's up here getting his feet wet. If it doesn't work out, flip-flop him. You know, and then we'll we'll let them fight it out in spring for which one of them comes up north to start. But this is really like
0: when we talked about the the big. You know, does this does is, this is start change things? This is really where the only spot that I can see where it really applies, where it might change a little something. I think if you look around, who else who else would you prefer to call up right now? Around
1: around the diamond, at least. I uh, mean, I kind of mentioned I'd like to leave Ortiz up, you know, at least until Vince is done. Maybe even have Vince do a rehab start or something just to kind of give him an extra run cycle oh, through. I would
0: be, I'd be very careful with him.
1: Something like that. As far as, like, around the diamond, though, Jim, I don't think they have much. That's Nick, G- Nick Gonzalez is striking out at almost 40% again. He's hitting the baseball. I mean, I'm happy with the contact when he does make it, but he is striking out too much. It's a problem. They, they've been working on it with other players. They need to work on it with him. You know, if you can get that to a good point, then okay. He's he's a guy you could consider. Leo Verpogero is on his second full year on the 40-man. Sec- he's in double A. He's not looked good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so where where are you pulling from to,
0: to improve? I get, I get it. Marcano's flawed. Um, yeah,
1: Bay is flawed. Castro's yeah. flawed. They're all flawed, you know, and, and that's kind of the, the point. There isn't really much down there that I'm like, yeah, get back up here. Even Kane the Smith, and Jigba. Ain't doing much here. It's not really doing much there. Uh, Cal Mitchell. I haven't even heard his name since he got sent out. And you like to call guys up when they're doing well, right? Yep. You don't like you you
0: you want that. You want to give them as much of a chance to keep that role going. You know, um, feeling good at the plate, hitting the ball. Like you don't do it when guys are doing not not necessarily the opposite, but struggling in certain areas. It's not ideal. You just try to avoid that.
1: Yeah, it's just for me, you got off to this tremendous start. You look around that division, you're still in first place. Yeah, even when that's... you went, even when you went into a losing streak, so did everyone else. It's, it seems like to me, the universe is giving you <laughs> right. hint this after hint after hint. This hey, golden opportunity. Yeah. Don't mess around. Hey, this might be the one time to go and pull that one, one guy up because you need a bat. Hey, this might be the one time that you go. Okay. Uh, Jared Jones, we want you to be a starter long-term, but get your ass up here. We need a back of the, you know, bullpen guy that can just filth people out of innings.
0: I think in, in certain markets, certain organizations, that's what they'll do but but again i just get back to the, all these things give me the indication is is that they they just view it as well it's not when we thought it was going to happen we're not going to waste any of that because it's not here yet so we're just not going to do it whereas in o- other organizations and fan bases that's not acceptable and so yeah you might you might even Forget fan bases, GMs feel that pressure, managers feel that pressure, um, that that the the losing is not acceptable,
1: and so I think that that's just the difference. Bluntly, Jim, I'm trying to think of the last one that really made them look silly. And I mean, you, I guess you could suggest O'Neill Cruz last year, but he didn't have the greatest start to his season in AAA. You know, and he, and even when he got called up, it was after he was really good for three days and they were like, OK, OK, now, now, now.
0: Yeah, you know he, wasn't, I mean? he wasn't he um, wasn't he wasn't on fire. When
1: yeah. So eventually. the only reason I asked that question is because, first of all, it's new GM. We have no idea what he's going to do in this kind of situation in Boston. He did call those kids up, you know. So in Boston, he did decide it was time to just go with pedigree. Instead of you know more crap, but so again maybe, I think yeah, yeah he I, had I, the backing I, of money I get
0: it and 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 there's there's an expectation of his that it's not okay to flounder and I don't think they have that mentality here they clearly haven't
1: so I just think they're saving their bullets. I mean, even that, is that that's an assumption that you think they have bullets. Do you? I mean, because... Uh, the bullet is the time
0: <laughs> I frame, I guess. Yeah, not necessarily who those bullets are, but maybe Again, the, the time
1: frame. I'm really trying to get you away from what the team is going to do, because I get it. I think we all get what we think they're going to do. You, Jim, the fan, is is calling up Henry Davis a good idea? Is calling up Andy Rodriguez a good idea?
0: I wouldn't call Henry Davis up right now. I would not. I would have Andy here tomorrow. I would. I would. I would follow that path with uh, Henry Davis that they've been on with him, and let him keep catching. Bring Andy up. Hope things stabilize a little bit with this this awful stretch of ten games, and then see where you're at. I wouldn't call them both up here in, in May. Yeah, I'd agree. At, at four games over 500. That's just me. I, I The catching position. Is so, I'd love to get Michael McHenry's take on that, too, because of the catching part of it is just so important.
1: The only, the only thing I can say, because I have asked him about it, is he agrees with me that they should and he believes will keep three catchers. So when they call up Andy is the one we talked about. So mm-hmm. It's been a couple of weeks since we had that back and forth but at one point he at least thought they'll probably try to shield whoever they call up a little bit. So we'll
0: which is see. probably which is probably the right move and delay has been so good at what he's been asked to do. I don't think that as much as I hate as much as this is going to make people insane, I don't think they're just going to throw hedges in the trash and keep moving. I just don't think that.
1: I don't either, man. Not until they quit saying how how great he is defensively, and, and you know, they paid him five million dollars. Someone told me he was number one in framing the other day, um, and I was like, okay. I mean, he's just he's not throwing guys out. I don't think he's controlling the run game. I yeah, I don't. Hedges think Hedges was in the line, and Delay was fourth.
0: On the that framing list, yeah.
1: So I mean, so, if he's going to hit that much better, shouldn't he play right? I mean, like, seems like that's something simple that they could do. And yes, he will get exposed, and maybe that opens the door even wider for Andy. Right? I mean, there's a lot of things that that this team could be doing to force the issue to get answers and and start moving in a direction, but. It's hard to believe that, that they're in the position they are. And I think for me, that's why the sense of urgency has to be there. They've got to do something to me. I, I don't know I don't know where that comes from. It's certainly not a waiver wire claim. <laughs> it's certainly not something silly like it's that. It's not going to be a waiver claim. And they just need to get a little healthier. I mean, let's get Vince
0: back. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard a toy update. I, I,
1: I don't know. Have you? What, what's the latest? Um, From what I heard, Choi did not want to go on to the 60 day in the first place. Um, meaning he didn't think it was going to take him 60 days. The pirates disagreed. So um, all I can really tell you is that <laughs> I guess he'll be back probably around when the 60 days is up. Right. So yeah, I mean they they just
0: they just need to take a deep breath. This next three games are gonna be tough, man. The Orioles are gonna <laughs> the Orioles aren't a joke. So, um, they just need to stabilize things a little, Gary. I think right. if they can just do that,
1: what's Craig Craig saying? Yeah. Craig's our buddy Craig here. He says, uh, you just have to be prepared for Andy to take some lumps on defense. If you put him in the field in the majors, he's athletic enough, just doesn't seem to have the experience. He he's right. Uh, and I think I don't want to speak for him, but I think he'd probably agree that goes for pretty much any position on the field, uh, for him, but primarily, uh, catching is where I think you'll see the most. And, It's little things, folks. I mean, this this is not stuff like he's going to get sit behind the plate and look like he has like he's facing the wrong direction. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's all the, it's the devil in the details. Yeah. This is like, um, you know, he puts his weight on the wrong ankle when he takes a slider away and it takes his ability to frame it completely off the table. And even he's in horrible position to pop up and throw the ball. Uh, this is like, can't adjust to the high fastball um, when when it's higher than it should be, you know, because he can't get up from the knee position. Or, this or, is sliding to block a, a curveball that bounces in the dirt, you know, yeah, five and, feet and in front.
0: And also just handling a staff and knowing, you know, yeah. pitch, pitch sequences and what your guys like to call and having a feel for that. Um, those are things that take a lot of time. To kind of mesh, and it's um, why you—that's why you hear the pitchers talk about hedges—is because he does know that stuff, right? And you know, p- pitchers are only going to
1: care about one thing. By the way, yeah. And and guys who do talk to the pitching staffs, you know. They'll tell you these guys aren't ready. <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't that doesn't mean you don't bring them up and have them learn from your super, super awesome defensive minded catcher that you brought <laughs> in here. You know, um, I to me I think that's the evidence spank is building for why you get Andy's butt up here now. And you force him into games once a week behind the dish, twice a week behind the dish, whatever. Let his bat play everywhere else. See what he does. You know, I I, I just think they, they need something, and they need it to be something a little more serious than Miguel Andujar or Josh Palacios or even Tucapita Marcano or whatever Mark Matthias was or hey maybe G Juan Bay, who <laughs> you know doesn't look anywhere near like what he did at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So and there. Nobody and should be a holy cow here. Nobody should be a sacred cow.
0: Right. No, it, I think, too, like, um, if you take a look at guys like Bay, I understand it may not work out, but I just think you have to give it more time. Um, and that's tough when, when people don't want to see the mistakes that these guys some of these guys are making. Um, so. I think there's a
1: difference for me with with a guy like Bay because his mistakes are coming from um probably not being fully comfortable anywhere in the field and everything just speeds up for him and he makes a poor decision once that happens. He tends okay? to be overly aggressive too, yeah. But. Right. And I think that that plays just about every position that he plays. I've already suggested sticking him in center field and leaving him there. That's hard to do when Jack solinski actually is playing a good center field. You know, and and yeah, you want his bat in the lineup. And you probably want his bat in the lineup just about the same time you want Bays in the lineup. So it's very, very hard to like just plant him out there. And if he can't play second base competently, it's a problem. And (laughs) I don't want to start Chris Owings a lot.
0: Yeah. The short, you know, when you start sacrificing that second and short defense. Yep. Oh, man.
1: It's been a problem. Can this team stay afloat long enough for Odeo Cruz to come back and have it matter? that's probably what we should be asking ourselves now.
0: Um, the division may allow that they may, it might allow that. Yeah. So, so the answer to that is, yeah, that's pro- that's entirely possible. Um, by all accounts, he's doing really well. Um, but he's still a ways off, man, like still a ways. So I, I, can it last that long? I don't know. Defense is killing them there right now, Gary. It really is.
1: It's brutal. And I, I understood why they called up Chris Owings because they wanted to try to stabilize it a little that, bit. Yeah. And and I get that. Um, I, I didn't even criticize it. <laughs> like I truly was like, I, I I understand. I get what you're doing. Somebody needs to help stabilize this, this defense a little bit. They have a problem though because they want Castro's bat every day, and the only other place you can really put him is second base or the occasional off day for Hayes. Right. So if you're going to put him at second base, then there's really no place for Marcano to play. There's there's really no place for Bay to play a lot of nights.
0: Yeah, there there. It's a weird. It's a catch twenty two all around when you start looking at it.
1: Yeah. So you need someone to get good at, at shortstop. And, I mean, I, I I get, again, why they took Castro off there. Six errors in, like, seven games is pretty brutal. You know, he, he certainly didn't deserve to, to stay there. But ultimately, I feel like, much like uh, some other players in the past, you're going to have to make that decision because it's the only thing that makes the lineup work until Cruz comes back. And I don't think Marcano has the arm. I I did not like what I saw from him the other day playing that position at all, Jim.
0: Yeah, and it's a shortstop, man. You need to talk about a position where it's tough to ask guys to play short that aren't shortstops by nature. Um, you're gonna see errors, and you're gonna see. Um, guys making plays or not making plays that you're used to seeing. It's a tough position to play for shortstops, let alone guys that aren't natural shortstops. Yeah.
1: we got a real good question here and I think it's a great way to end the show. Okay. All right. So OG here, uh, corollary to that. Can they keep their heads above water just by cleaning up the gaps on the bases and in in the defense and go back to the approach at the plate they had in April. So I think obviously cleaning up the errors would help. (laughs) I mean, a lot of that quality start string doesn't happen if they weren't playing excellent defense behind them. So a lot of that is in them. I think that's why this has been so frustrating. We've seen how damn good they can be, you know, before they showed us how horrible they are, you know? <laughs> right.
0: Um, you can clean up the base running stuff a lot easier than you can the defense in my mind. Um they're playing guys base base running is, is something that is definitely up here way more fielding. Yeah. You can, you can work on it. You can work on it. You can work on it, but if you've got guys playing out of position, you're going to make some errors. You, 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 are, but the base running 1000% agree.
1: Yeah. I think base running is, is largely on, uh, and and throwing to the wrong bags and throw like make those are correctable, no doubt. It's, it's on a, a lot of the players that have a perpetual green light because they've had one all season and they were so successful early on. Um, but but now I think a lot of what you're seeing is is coming from the bench. You're seeing a lot of run and hits called, and a lot of guys getting hung out to dry because whoever's in the batter's box is not doing their part of the job
0: making contact
1: <laughs> yeah a lot of the time what you're seeing is is Derek Shelton attempting to run to stay out of a, of a double play he's trying to get or, something going like- or make sure that he gets the third on a base hit yeah so when you see a, a guy get thrown out by three four feet that it's not that the guy is super slow it's not that You know, he made a dumb decision. It's usually this was supposed to be a hit and run and the guy either missed the sign or swung through it. Yep. And and that yeah, and we've seen that turn
0: out. We we've seen that more the last couple. I just think they're trying anything they can to just generate some kind of activity they've sure. just been so bad at even getting base r- base runners on let alone having them be able to take the next bag.
1: I'd also say you're calling it with players like Jack Sawinski who Jack Sawinski has been working so hard on taking everything that it throws his rhythm off when you tell him that you want him to swing at anything and just try to make contact to stay out of a double play because he's inevitably going to swing at something that he's been trying to train himself not to, you know? So yeah, you create, you create new issues when you, when you do things like that in baseball. So yeah. And as far as like, can they just go back to their approach they had in April? They, they really have the same approach they had in April. They've just been scouted. They, they were being really patient at the plate and they were working pitchers and they were making them walk them or give in and give them something to hit. And they were teeing off every time that they got something to hit um, in unison. Now you've got a lot of guys that have kind of gone cold and the league is caught on. They're going to just pipe you two strikes now. You're not going to do that to changes, them anymore.
0: Yeah, which changes the at bat entirely at that point. Oh, two counts. One, two counts. You, tr- you try to stay out of them because it's a death sentence 80% of the
1: time. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's frustrating, but I truly think that back to what I said at the beginning of the show, they're not this bad. They're not that good. They're right in the middle. You know, (laughs) the reason I laughed and I said, I'm not changing my 74 a couple weeks ago. It felt horrible, but like it felt stupid, but it's still much more likely that this is a team that flirts with 500 than... Gives back to what they did in April and does it again in June. That said, you got some players like Brian Reynolds and Andrew McCutcheon, who historically don't get hot till June that have already been hot for a month (laughs) to start the season. Yeah. So you could very well be in for a resurgence in in some ways. And Connor, Joe really has not stopped taking great at bats. So, yeah, I I, I, look this next, this, it'll be very
0: interesting to see how May and June shake out because I really do think it's going to define kind of their season. Um, they, they either just need to get back to not beating themselves when it's, that's the other thing they've beaten themselves in some very close games. And those things I think are correctable for the most part. So if the help's going to come, Gary, it's going to come from within, just like OG
1: said, which is playing a cleaner game. I, I totally agree man. I think that's that's and that's got to come from the the newly extended coach, right? I mean, um as good as he did, I think pushing all the right buttons to, to begin the season, I'm not seeing a lot of those buttons getting pushed now. You know, I'm seeing a lot of uh a lot of panic decisions being made, a lot of uh attempts to jump start things that maybe shouldn't should you should chill on at some mm-hmm. point and understand that they get you they get you you know diaz was going to throw you out if you ran against the the colorado rockies so you know you know what job
0: i don't want now if i'm if i'm on the pirates third base coach i don't want to have to make decisions right now on who to send and when to send <laughs> because you can't score and you're trying to like balance that because i it makes yeah. me nervous it makes me nervous watching them from that perspective because
1: i saw some people get on him about not sending castro the other day like in in the ninth inning and oh, the ball was already he, in the air on the way he was going to be meat it, if he went it would have been he'd have been toast yeah so at least you gave yourself an opportunity, but.
0: And that um, sucks because like you, you, you know, that you're going to need another hit, but you, but you can't just go crazy just cause you're not scoring runs. I think they've right. tried to send guys, even when it's been 50, 50, they're trying to do it. It's just, yeah, it's just been bad.
1: There's nothing you can do, but get back on the horse. And unfortunately they're going right back into another tough AL East team. Baltimore, you know, and then we get Detroit, who's been playing a lot better here for a couple games, and and that the Rockies had been too, and that's another thing
0: that that probably got lost. And that is when we played the Rockies the first time, they were the Rockies. They actually have been playing pretty decent ball over that same stretch. The Pirates have not been playing any kind of ball. So,
1: but hey, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get going, man. I'm in I'm in Miller Miller Light Land. My my wife has already. (laughs) <laughs> Made sure that I that I was repping, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and down this uh, flavored water, and then we're gonna go out go out on the town a little bit in Milwaukee and have some fun.
0: Well, enjoy yourself, take the night off. I think we all, as Pirate fans, probably needed an off day today. Let's get back on the horse at Camden Yards and see how that goes.
1: Yeah, if nothing else, take take in the uh, the series and see what next year's team should look like (laughs) if the plan plan. goes right (laughs) yeah
0: i'm sure people i'm sure people watching their catcher um it's probably going to elicit some some discontented responses from people here too
1: i would imagine you're right so let's let ben take it away and everybody else hey thanks the chat was fun we'll talk to you later yes you're right